Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 88. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads a month Entrepreneur on Fire generates? Chris Brogan did, and when he sponsored an episode, he saw great results. If you'd like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to www.sponsoreofire.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply electrified to introduce my guest today, Johnny B. Truant. Johnny, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared. My man. Johnny is the co-host of the highly irrelevant self-publishing podcast with Sean Platt and David Wright. He reveals the strategies that have helped him recently write and publish a complete book, The Dark Horror Farce, Fat Vampire, in less than a month. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Johnny, but why don't you take from here, tell us a little bit about you personally, we want to know about you, and then about your business. I love that we're highly irrelevant, by the way, because we make that joke ourselves that we occasionally tell uh, uh, useful information. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, um, I, I've gone on a bit of a, 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 a around-the-world trip, I suppose, when it comes to entrepreneurship. And uh, I, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're going to ask me this, but I'll give you a spoiler in advance that I think the most important thing for an entrepreneur is flexibility. And I've, I've embodied that. I mean, I, I started as a, as a blogger trying to do what a lot of people try to do when they want to, quote-unquote, make money online meaning that I tried to do the search engine trick stuff and all this, and, and uh, that didn't get me anywhere, and so I started a services business. And when that services business, setting up blogs and so forth, started to, to take off pretty quickly, people asked me how I did it, and so I got into consulting. And as I started to write and talk more about entrepreneurship and write on bigger blogs, I started to get sort of meta-level uh, you know, things in my head about why we're here and what the purpose is and started to write what I think of as like epic blog posts, uh, sort of borderline existentialist posts. And as people liked those, then I wrote a manifesto called How to Be Legendary that was sort of like human potential on steroids and formed a membership community and then went back to my passion writing fiction and podcasting somewhere in all of that. So, I mean, I've had like seven careers in the past few years. It's just amazing these days how important it is to write epic stuff and to be legendary and to write things that could potentially go viral. For instance, when I was prepping for this interview last week, I went and read one of your manifestos, let's call it, which is the universe doesn't give a flying F about you. And I'm using the word F because this is a family show, but people get the picture. And I told my girlfriend about it, so she read it, and then she took it to her office. And next thing you know, everybody was passing that around the office and getting really excited about it. And it just shows you like how important it is to just write epic, legendary, viral stuff. So you've definitely done that, John, and we can all take a lesson from that. I'm just really impressed. Ultimately, you can convey good information in, in a blog post or a podcast or whatever, and it'll, it'll help people in that they'll be able to take action on it or learn how to unclog a drain or you know something like that. And uh, it, 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 But that doesn't get... Sh- doesn't get shared. It, it's not the sort of thing that somebody feels compelled to pick up and tell their friend about. And so that's where I totally agree. It's like the, the more you can move people, the more that you can get 
positive, this, this changed my life, this made my day, this is exactly what I was thinking sorts of responses, then I think the better you're doing. I couldn't agree more. And I've felt the same kind of success entrepreneur on fire where people are going into work and they're just like smiling or talking about something and their coworkers are like, well, what's going on? They're saying, well, I just listened on the way to work to Entrepreneur on Fire and it's just a really great way to pass my annoying commute by. And from that point forward, it just kind of snowballed into now we're over 100,000 individual downloads every single month and growing. And it's just on that simple premise of create shareable content. So I'm a fan of that, Johnny. You, you showed me the way. I appreciate that. But let's not dwell too much on this, even though I could. Let's move <laughs> into the next major topic, which is a success quote. Entrepreneur on Fire, we love to get the motivational ball rolling nice and early for this content you have for us. So what do you have for us, Johnny, with a success quote? You teed this one up for me really, really well, actually, because I would say that my favorite is from Thomas Edison. There is no substitute for hard work, which has been a continuing thing for me. I think that a ton of people don't really understand that there is a huge, huge element of hard work that have to, has to go into all this, and we pay lip service to that idea that, yeah, I mean, I get it that I have to work hard, but most people won't actually do that work. They still kind of expect an easy button. So how have you really applied this ground level to your business, Johnny? Take us down and show us where you've really just put in the hard work and the hard time, and it's produced results. Well, it's, it's hard for me to pat myself on the back about that because that's sort of what that does, that I, I have put in the hard work. But if I could, just so that I can discuss it, I'm going to step away a little bit and say, when I see results from other people, it's when they do things like simply put butt in chair and put in the hours. So in, in my example, so I guess I'm going back to me, you mentioned that I wrote a <laughs> novel in 29 days, and then the PS is, by the way, I turned around and did the same thing again the next month. And that was it wasn't the sort of thing that it was like super quick to do. I mean, it was 29 days and that's fast because it was write, redraft three times and then publish. Uh, it sounds fast in that it's 29 days, but it was about 80 hours of work. I just did it in 29 days in addition to what I do with my business, which isn't yet the fiction stuff. And that's a lot of time that you simply have to put in. And as you're learning the craft of writing, speaking writing specifically, there's a ton of time. I mean, you know that the Malcolm Gladwell thing about 10,000 hours? The tipping point. Yeah, no, it's 10,000. Right. So you got to put in those 10,000 hours, and most people expect to be good at something right away, or they quit, or they put in 1,000 hours and say, man, I worked hard. No, you got to put in all 10. I love that, Johnny. That's just a great message, and it's going to be a good transition to our next topic, which is failure. Obstacles, challenges that we as entrepreneurs face every single day throughout our journey. Now, this particular show is about your journey, Johnny, your journey as an entrepreneur. So take us back to some point when you failed or when you faced a challenge that you just had to overcome and take us through the process of overcoming that obstacle and what you did from that point. Well, I think it's important before I give you my example to understand that failure is a part of the success process. And I think that that epiphany in and of itself took a little while to get that you can't avoid failure if you hope to get anywhere. There's that inevitable Seth Godin dip where you fail. And mine, I wouldn't say that this was a failure example, but it was certainly an obstacle that I had to overcome, and that was, I think, one we can all relate to, which is fear. Um, I, I mean, if, do you want me to go into the story because that relates to why it's fear? We want to hear the story, absolutely. Okay, so I had, fear was my friend in starting my business. It was an obstacle but it was also a friend. 
And the story is basically this, that I, I used to do freelance website development and freelance writing for like magazines. And I would describe that as like if, if one is a level where you like want to kill yourself in your life and 10 is just ecstatic, ignited, right? That I was probably about a six. Like I worked for myself and that was cool. I didn't make great money, but I made okay money. I made my own schedule, but the work was really kind of boring. And so it was like I was satisfied. I was at six. And then what I did was I made the unwise choice to invest in real estate right before the largest you know, crash in recent history. And that all tanked. And so I was completely just hemorrhaging money. And at the same time, my freelance clients all one by one stopped using me because the economy was tight for them too. And so I just had this intense period. I, I tell people that I was in a state of panic, that red hot, can't sleep state of panic for like a year. M my wife and I both. And I had to do something. And this internet thing was what I did because I was just so bound up. But it, it's hard to act when you're paralyzed by fear. And it just took slugging it out every day, coming to work uh, into my office here scared and just doing the work anyway. Wow. Well, that is a story. And thank you for sharing that and being so open and honest. And we'll go to the other end of the spectrum now, Johnny. And that's the aha moment. Because just like failure and challenges are part of the journey, so aren't these light bulb and aha moments. And as entrepreneurs, we experience them every single day on small levels. They inspire us. They move us forward. They allow us to pivot or overcome things and challenges that we're facing. But can you take us back to a point where you actually had a light bulb go off and something just clicked with you and then how you turned that moment into success? I don't remember having like an actual event for this one, but I know that it was when I, I really and truly got that it's about providing value. So this one, much like doing the work, is another one of those things where everybody says, well, of course you had to provide value. That, uh, how stupid is that? But it was this idea that the more I told people of what it was that would actually make a difference for them, the more I got out of it. So for instance, my strategy, my, my business is now tied to a model where the more people I get opted into my email list and the more people who come by my site, that ultimately is better. That's not true for everybody, but that happens to be true for me right now. And so simply by writing amazing posts that told people exactly what it was that I did that they wanted to know. Like I had a post, uh, you're asking me about how much, I, how I got a bunch of stuff done. I wrote a post called 11 tips for being stupidly effective on my blog. And it, it was like exactly what it is I do in much more detail than usual productivity stuff, which is like, well, use, you know, keyboard shortcuts in your Gmail and then I, the, the 29 days to writing a novel, I detailed my entire writing process in excruciating detail. And the more I gave, the more traffic I got. And inside of my membership community, I had this epiphany like, oh, wow, I need to make these people ecstatic with this community because if they aren't ecstatic, they leave. And if they're ecstatic, then they get more out of it and it's more worth it for them. It's like this true win-win synergy. So I've just been applying that anywhere I can. What are some things that you do to make your membership community ecstatic about the content? Well, I, I have a really simple example to begin with, and that's that I have a forum in my community, and I had divided it up in a way that seemed to make sense. It was like we had the, the lessons that I go through, the, I call them legendary lessons, which are improvement in any, any number of topics, 
and I broke them down by like money and physical fitness and mindset, and then I had a community section, and that just seemed to make sense. Now, I have a pretty good membership, but it's not big enough to support all of those individual areas, especially since in any forum, about 80% of people just lurk, and they just read, and they don't actually participate. So I said, well, I think we should consolidate these into one like other successful forums that I've had. I polled everybody. I didn't just do it. I said, what do you guys think? We had this big open discussion. And um, I, I'm just constantly saying, how can I help you guys get more out of it? I'm constantly thinking, how can I ping them more often via email to get them involved in something? How can I give them more free stuff? I got a stack of uh, 14 extra DVDs over here of a, cop, of a movie called, well, you would know this, I'm Fine Thanks with Adam Baker's movie. Absolutely. I was at the premiere. That was phenomenal. He sent me 15. So I need one. So I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just give those away to the people in my community. The happier they are, the better I do, and the better they do. It's great. That is great stuff, and that's just such actionable advice. And it's something that really strikes home with me because I'm in the process of building Ignite, which is going to be an elite mastermind community over here at Entrepreneur on Fire, just so entrepreneurs have a place they can go and get the kind of support and resources and encouragement that we all need so desperately. So it's just great hearing what you're doing over your membership forum and what I'm going to be doing over mine. I just really look forward to kind of continuing to share ideas with everybody that's in this space and just build the best thing possible. Absolutely. So, Johnny, have you had an I've made it moment yet? No, I don't believe you ever make it. Um, you may make it financially, but even that, I think, is the sort of thing that can be very tenuous because the life of an entrepreneur is up and down even when it's really good. At least that's been my experience. But beside that, I don't, I don't think that I'll ever be complete. Like, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'll say, I'm totally happy with what I'm doing. But that's a good thing because I'm always striving to grow and become more. So just as a very quick example, uh, I want to do more and more fiction writing. So I think that I've, quote unquote, made it a lot in the entrepreneur space, but I now have a new thing I want to do. So I'm always chasing something. No, that is an interesting way to look at it. And I love this question because every entrepreneur looks at this question differently and every one of them answers it differently. Some say, man, John, I have an I've made a moment every single day. And then others say, the day that I've had an I've made a moment is the day that I die. And for me, I like to stay somewhere in the middle because I think it's good to set goals and to really reach those goals and then continue to raise that to another lofty standard. But there's just certain milestones along the way that we have to hit and just really celebrate them and appreciate the accomplishments that we've had because, and this is what Entrepreneur on Fire stresses, it's about the journey and we need to enjoy the journey. So, Johnny, are you enjoying your journey? I'm thrilled with my, with my journey. I mean, that's what you said is you would be somewhere in the middle. I would just say both. Like, I believe that both of those are true. Um, I love everything in my business, I, I was realizing this the other day, and man, is this a great epiphany, is if you rank, say, A, B, C, D, and F, like grades in school of things that I like to do and don't like to do, I got rid of my, like I could go through, okay, I got rid of my Fs at this point, I remembered a specific time, got rid of my Ds, and now everything that I do is an A. I mean, I've outsourced everything I don't want to do to an assistant and or anybody else, and all I'm trying now is to get to that A+. plus. So yeah, I'm thrilled. That is quite an epiphany, Johnny. I commend you for having that, and it's just a great place to be. It's something great to strive for. It's continuously just knock out those lower levels. And we just had Chris Ducker on the show recently from Virtual Staff Finder, and he just went through some great ways to do that with virtual assistants, which you also alluded to. So 
just a great place to be right now. And we can really build the businesses that we want. For sure. So you have a lot of things going on right now, Johnny, that's just really exciting you on a number of levels. They're all A's. That's huge. But if you could just pull one thing out that's really exciting you about your business today, what would that one thing be? All right. I'm going to cheat on that. I'm going to pull out two. One is that I am, I am finally writing fiction. I always wanted to be a fiction writer. And that was just like a chump's game when I wrote my first book 12 years ago. You, you know, Kindle eBooks didn't exist. But now I'm doing that, and it isn't a career yet, but I'm doing it, and it will become one. And I, I have role models of people who do that. The other is that on the sort of how to be legendary manifesto, everyday legendary community side of my business, I have this really awesome group of people who really get it. They get everything we're talking about here, and I get to interact with those people preferentially each day, and it's great. So, Johnny, no entrepreneur has the same identical day two days in a row. But one major problem with a lot of Fire Nation listeners is that they just don't really understand what it might be that an entrepreneur does every single day if they're not getting on public transportation and going to an office. So can you kind of pull the curtain back and just share with Fire Nation two tasks that seem to occupy a good portion of your day every day? Okay, so I'm going to try and cheat on this one, too. And you let me know if you want me to clarify. You're a a cheater. I have a backup answer. Well, I am known to break rules. <laughs> okay, so my answers are writing, and that's all kinds of writing. That's writing. It's primarily fiction right now, honestly, but it's also writing blog posts, writing guest posts, writing even just emails and stuff. Like writing is what I do. And the other thing is free time. And the reason that I'm that I'm saying that is because I'm not one of these people who feels that I need to be working all the time. I prioritize my kids and my wife and just fun things that I want to do. I go to the gym three times a week. Like Those are appointments on my calendar that are just as firm and immutable as a call with a client. So which part were you cheating on here? The, the second one isn't really like a thing I do for my business, but I do think it keeps me sane. Absolutely. So Johnny, you've alluded to the fact that you want to just be writing more fiction in the future, and you're doing some of that now, and you want to do more, but... Besides that aspect, what is your vision for the future of Johnny B. Truant? Well, that's half of it right there. Is As I mentioned, I, I, you mentioned my self-publishing podcast that I co-host with Sean Platt and David Wright. Those guys make a living doing fiction. And it's a workmanlike ethic. It's not the lightning strikes because you're Stephen King or Dean Koontz. It's just produce and funnels and smart thinking. So I'm moving that direction. And then the other is to just help more people and grow my legendary community. Uh, And those are the two main prongs of the things that I want to do. And it's nice to finally be able to box it up a little bit rather than say, gee, I don't know what it is I do. Awesome stuff, Johnny. Well, listen, we've reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. And you can come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Oh, man, now i got to be amazing and mind-blowing. But other than that, yeah, here we go. (laughs) So, Johnny, on these questions, it is the lightning round, but we're doing well on time, so really expound on these questions and just really give Fire Nation some good meat of the coconut, okay? All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Okay, Uh, me nothing. I'm incurable. I'm an incurable entrepreneur, uh, there are actually times where I probably should have considered going to uh, a traditional job, but I've never had a traditional job. And so it honestly never entered my mind. But I think that for a lot of people, 
And maybe for me, under in a different set of shoes, it might have been fear. It might have been, or and fear, by the way, can be expanded into fear of rejection, fear of shipping, uh, fear of imperfection. Um, but but I just kind of soldier ahead. I guess I just don't. I don't see what's in front of me. What is the best business advice that you ever received? I have two, and they're both from my friend John Morrow. The first was. And he actually got this from Felix Dennis from, um, is it called How to Be Rich, honestly, his book. And uh, John said, don't just pay the price for the things that you want. I'm sorry. He said, don't just decide what it is you want to do and make a plan to go after him. He said, determine what the price is for that and commit in advance to paying that price. So, for instance, there's only so many hours in your day and you can't add something without removing something else. And that's just the time equation. So if you want to write a book, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of free time or you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of work time on other projects or uh, sleep. Or I mean, that's what I chose a lot was sleep. But you commit so that you understand that you are needing to put something in in order to get something out rather than just expecting to add it in and do your best. And the price might be ridicule or failure or anything like that. Commit to paying the price. And the second was to, uh, and this is a little controversial, is to find something that's a gun to your head. So John's example of this is John has a condition called spinal muscular atrophy. It's um, similar to Lou Gehrig's disease. So John can't move from the neck down. And he's almost died like a d- several dozen times. And so John lives every day knowing that he could die. And so as a result, he's always committed to putting in everything he has so that his time will have been worthwhile. And when I was coming out of the panic situation that I described earlier, the gun to my head was this intense fear that I was going to like lose my house and that I was going to go under financially and be living out above a box. And that may sound terrible, but it has a way of making you do the things that otherwise you might be too complacent to do. That's powerful. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? It's the more that I write, the, the better results I get. And the more value that I contribute to people, the better results that I get, which may sound like a cliche until you realize that ultimately those people are paying you money in some way, shape, or form, or you're hoping to. So the more good stuff I can do, the more people I can help. It's not just altruism. It's also a definite way to boost my bottom line. And that's what I try to do more of. More writing, more value. So, Johnny, you spend a lot of time online. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you can share with Fire Nation? For the, if you're a writer, then I think that Scrivener is awesome. And uh, I think this would apply to just about anybody who writes anything of volume. You don't have to be like a, a, an author. But if you write blog posts or something... Um, it's just an excellent way to organize your resources. But even more than that, it's a simple Google Calendar, which is where I block out time and I commit to doing it. And th- that's my number one productivity resource. So can you give us an example of how you use Scrivener specifically? Well, Scrivener is just a great way to, to drag and drop scenes or pieces of your work. You can pull in... Um, uh, you can do multiple revisions. This is another thing, too. So Sean and Dave, who I mentioned earlier, haven't fully transitioned to Scrivener. So if they revise something, 
they have a totally separate document that's revision two, then revision three when it goes back again. Scrivener allows you to take snapshots of your work to comment in line as well as track changes, and it backs up something like every three seconds, so you pretty much never lose anything. And it's just fantastic. It's the only tool you need. And if I had to go back to Microsoft Word, man, I'd shoot myself. (laughs) What is your favorite business book? You know, I totally didn't see this one on the list, but fortunately I have one ready, and it's um, The War of Art, which is maybe an unconventional business book because it doesn't seem like it's about business. It's not like a Malcolm Gladwell or a Seth Godin. Um, But if you haven't heard of The War of Art, he basically contends what Seth Godin contends in, in Lynchpin, which is that all entrepreneurs are creative people. But more specifically, he's talking to like pure creatives, writers, artists, and so forth. So it applies to everybody. And it's this ethic of your art is work. And you need to come in and do the work, again, in line with the Thomas Edison quote, and to get over the resistance that you have to doing it. It's a short book. It's a super fast read. I read it in like an afternoon, and it is the reason that my first book got published on Kindle. It's the reason that I amped up the level of my post to write these epic posts. It just is fantastic, and I think everybody should read it. I agree. Stephen Pressfield just has a way of being so direct in his writing, and he just shares great, honest, and open stories of his life in that book that just make you realize, hey, if this guy was at this point in his life, then I... I can definitely get to where he's at now on the level of getting stuff out there and just making it happen. So I love that book. We will link that up in the show notes. Johnny, this is the last question. It's my favorite question, but it's kind of tricky. But then again, you love fiction and you're a great fiction writer. So I think you can be pretty inventive with this one. (laughs) If you woke up tomorrow morning in a new world, identical to earth, but you knew nobody, you still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have right now but only $500 in your pocket, a computer with internet access, your food and shelter is taken care of. What do you do in the next seven days? I would begin writing epics, because I'm a writer, I would begin writing epic stuff that moves people. But if you're a, a podcaster and that 500 bucks will get you started on a, a podcast or even just something very simple where you don't need equipment, to begin communicating with people and building that tribe around you. I mean, that's what these big posts do for me is they, they, they're like a, a filter that goes out into the world and grabs people who agree with the things that I agree with, who are perfect for me and my writing and my business. And the same is true with your podcast. So I would say whatever it is, in my case, it would be writing. It would be writing epic posts out there in the world that were shareable, just like I do on my blog right now, and just try to share the hell out of them. Awesome stuff, Johnny, because you have to get out there and find your avatar resonate with other people who share your same vision and your same voice. Johnny, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of uh, advice is to do the work. It's to get up and do the work. Put in the hours. There's no substitute for hard work. And there are two basic places to find me. My online home is johnnybtruant.com. And uh, my manifesto, How to Be Legendary, is probably an excellent place to start, which is at howtobelegendary.com. It really is a great place. Johnny, again, thank you for being so generous with your time, your knowledge, your experience. Fire Nation, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. 
It's been fantastic, John. Thank you. All right, Fire Nation. Are you pumped up to create your own podcast now? Don't let your lack of time, knowledge, or skills hold you back. All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.